Welcome Harvesters. Thank you for taking the steps to heal your inner child and past trauma. You've chosen to take the journey towards self-love and self-healing. And I'm your host, T. James. So let's start this growing season. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello, my harvesters. Welcome back for another episode of the Harvest Podcast. I am back after taking a week off. I have just transitioned. I moved from, um, I currently live in Virginia, but I was living in Norfolk. And I recently transitioned to Richmond, Virginia. So now I am located in an old, good old Confederate Richmond. (laughs) But nonetheless, I am super, super happy to be back and to be recording, you know, after taking off that little bit of a break. Sometimes breaks are needed for us to regroup and regather But I am so excited to be back because I have a lot of wonderful things to share with you guys. It's definitely allowed me to tap more into myself because the shadow work, the shadow work has been real. My harvesters, it has definitely been real. I have been able to explore so many other areas of my healing journey that's opened my eyes to so many different things. Um... As I mentioned before, like on a couple past episodes, that I have been continuously working on my mother wounds and inner child healing. And that came up even more than it ever has over this past week. In addition to me facing more issues with codependency, abandonment, and attachment, long story short, your girl's been doing the work, okay? I've definitely been doing the work, but with all of that, this is what we do it for. This is why we are on this healing journey. This is why we, you know, do the rituals that we do. This is why we do the affirmations. This is why we try to make sure that we check in with ourselves just to make sure that we're still within our right minds and we're still in one piece, Because we can easily be misdirected and end up focusing on so many other things that we, we really shouldn't focus on. But I am grateful for this opportunity that I've been able to step more into my healing because the revelations that have been coming forth have been nothing but real and honest for your girl. So... Even outside of that, I do want to thank you for your continued support. I've been keeping my eye on the analytics and I've been seeing that there have been a lot more views on some of the older episodes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for tuning in, for planting those seeds in your healing garden. Because once you listen to that first episode, that's it, you're a harvester. 
you are now a harvester. So I want to continue to thank you for the support that's being shown, for the likes, for the reviews, for the shares, for the follows. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much because you're what's keeping this going. You're what's keeping me on my toes because I see that, you know, I have people that are listening. I have people that are tuning in. So it's because of you and, you know, because of me and my healing that I'm continuing to make sure that I do the work. So um, with that, uh, continue to keep your eye out for Affirm with Intention that takes place every Tuesday or Thursday because we're going to be switching it up. We're just going to be doing it once a week now. So each week it'll alternate on either a Tuesday or a Thursday. So coming up for this week, it'll be this coming Tuesday um, on Clubhouse at the 7.30 hour Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you tune in. I don't know what the topic is going to be for this week, but just know that it is going to be awesome. I was also scheduled to have um, the Harvest Talk room this past Friday, but unfortunately due to some, um, some family situations going on, I had to move it yet again, but please stay tuned for that. It will be on a Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Clubhouse. And this topic, we're going to be talking about mental health and spirituality. But keep your eyes open for that date because I will be posting that on my Instagram. So please make sure that you are keeping an eye out for that. Also, I'm going to be getting back to promoting a lot of Black businesses because I have definitely been coming across a lot since I have moved to Richmond. Um, In addition to that, also promoting some recent podcasts that have started from some people that I follow on Instagram, some amazing people. Um, But just continue to show your support. Um, We still have mindfulness and meditation that's still on rotation on YouTube. Every episode drops on Sunday, and that's from the homie Keith. So please make sure that you are sliding on over to his YouTube page and you're checking out Mindfulness and Meditation. Also, I have another friend, Paris Garner. She has started her podcast, um, It's Not Therapy, and that can be found on Spotify or Anchor, which is the host site for the episode. So please make sure again that you are tapping into that podcast. It's not therapy with Paris Garner. Well, all right, guys, Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into this episode because today we're going to be talking about assertive versus aggressive communication. Um, So I have a voice too. And that's what we are going to be chatting about today. So let's go on ahead and get this thing going. All right, guys. So today's, we have two words of the day. One of them being assertive, which is having or showing a confident and forceful personality and aggression, which is ready or likely to attack or confront. So since we are going to be talking about aggressive versus um, assertive versus aggressive communication, Um, We're going to have two words of the day this week. So one of them I will be posting today on my Instagram and the other probably either Monday or Tuesday. But just know that those words of the day will be posted. And today's quote of the day 
I will not let society dictate who I am. Let me give that to you one more time. I will not let society dictate who I am. Why should we? We shouldn't let them dictate who we are. It's not for them to. It's not for them to at all. But on my healing journey, um, one thing that has been ongoing or an ongoing theme for me is communication and how I respond, my tone, how I receive what's being said to me. And a lot of the times, the way we communicate can be perceived as being aggressive if we, you know, if it doesn't come with a smile behind it or some uplifting tone. It's automatically perceived as us being rude. And that's shit. Whether it's on the phone, face-to-face, via text message, the tone of voice can always be misconstrued via text, which is why I have resorted to sending voice notes because I want you to hear my tone. I want you to know that what I'm saying to you is not always coming from me being quote unquote a bitch. So I want you to know what it is that I'm saying and I want you to hear what it is that I'm saying to you. But this is very, very true, especially for black women, because when we try to be assertive and we try to speak up for ourselves, we're automatically viewed as being the angry black woman or the ABW, so to speak. We're always having that label being placed on us when we're just trying to like speak up for ourselves. And we always get undermined. We always get pushed to the side. And, but not just black women, women in general. I think anytime when we try to speak up for ourselves or have a voice, we are automatically put in a position or a stereotype that we're angry and you know, that we come across rude or, you know, we're trying to dominate the situation. And a lot of times there are going to be moments where we are going to have to dominate certain situations and speak up for ourselves so that people know that we are not to be fucked with. Because I think that's what the issue is. A lot of people automatically assume, you know, because we're women that we have, you know, that we're meek, um, we're soft-spoken, and that, you know, we don't have an opinion to add to any type of conversation. But, okay, let's not get that confused, okay? Let's make sure that we are speaking up for ourselves and fuck what anybody has to say about what we say when we say it. Because there was, oh my God, there's a voiceover that um, that I've seen on Instagram and I can, and it says, I can speak proper I mean, I can speak professional or I can speak ratchet. Either way, both times you heard what the fuck I said. And I may not have been quoting it verbatim, but either way, you get the point and you heard what the fuck I said. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's not get it confused. Um, but when it comes when it comes to aggression, aggression happens across the board and it can be it can be called for like in certain situations. So there are going to be moments where we're going to need to be aggressive, you know, such as like sports or defending ourselves or just, I feel like just making sure that we have voice period. There's going to be times where we are going to have to be aggressive. Like if we, you know, don't want that unwanted attention or if it's coming from someone who, excuse me, we may not feel comfortable with receiving it, 
there is going to be times where we are going to have to be assertive and aggressive with the things that we we say or how we um, conduct ourselves, but not in all things. You know, we we hold ourselves back from being assertive because in our childhood we were told, you know, that's wrong or then we're shamed and guilted for having a voice. So we quiet ourselves and and we dim our light. And it does start from childhood. It definitely starts from childhood. I remember, um, one thing I can say is that I'm grateful for my grandmother for allowing me to be a child and understanding that, yes, we are going to be a little bit noisy, but at the end of the day, we do have a voice and we do have, um, we do have things to say. So my grandmother did allow me to have a voice and to be able to come to her and talk to her about certain things. And I can remember later on in life not being able to have that voice so much. Um, I mean, even like even with friends, you know, just being told to like quiet myself sometimes, not being allowed to to be me, Shit, even some teachers. You know, when you go to try to speak up for yourself when someone is doing something in the classroom, then you get, you know, labeled as a tattletale or a snitch. And it can be it can be quite frustrating because all you're trying to do is, you know, tell someone your story or share with someone your story or what's going on. But I have found that later on as an adult, that for things that we have been shamed and guilted for in our childhood, we like in our adulthood, we later find that we are ashamed of some of those things. So we don't speak up a lot of the times. And I know for me, like in relationships or like even with friendships, I do find a lot of times I'm quiet because sometimes I may not know what to say because I don't want it to come across as being stupid. Because I do feel like sometimes people think that I don't know anything because of how I come across, you know, like very, sometimes I am aloof. Sometimes I am very goofy. Sometimes I, I, I do have blonde moments or I'm not able to think clearly, but that does not take away from the intelligence that I hold. So because of that, because I had been made to feel like my voice did not matter, there are a lot of times where I am quiet and I don't add anything to certain conversations because I because of how I've been made to feel in the past. But I have found that now my voice does matter. What I have to say does matter. And I really could care less about who wants to hear it. You're going to hear it regardless, just like with this podcast. You may not continuously listen to it on every episode, but you are going to hear my voice. You're going to see me on your feed, on Instagram, sometimes on Twitter when I get back into my Twitter, my Twittering. <laughs> but you're going to see me. I'm here. You're going to hear me. The voice is there. <laughs> but as we get into um, what aggressive communication is, um, with aggressive communication, it's like at one point, that's all I knew. All I knew was how to be aggressive because I felt like I always had to stand up for myself. I always had to have a voice for myself, um, whether it was with my family, whether it was with, you know, at school. Even as, you know, getting older as an adult, having, being able to have a voice and to have that recognized 
All I knew was how to respond out of defense. Everything I felt like was a personal attack. So my responses would either be defensive or it would have anger behind it. When a lot of the times it didn't even need to have any anger behind it. But that was just how aggressive sometimes I would come across. And a lot of it, you know, would come because of the constructive criticism that I would receive. And it would be just that. It would be constructive criticism, someone trying to give me feedback and to help me to improve on something I may need to improve on on myself. So there would be a lot of times where I would take to heart what is being told to me. Or even if someone disagreed with me, I will automatically assume like, okay, well, you don't like me. You don't value what it is that I have to say. Uh, You shouldn't be going against what I have to say. You should be agreeing with me. Why aren't you agreeing with me? And from that, the aggressive communication or the tone would come from that. Because again, I would always feel like it was a personal attack. But with healing, I've been able to, um, I have been and I'm able to now learn how I communicate and understand the way that I communicate with others and how it even affects my relationship. And a prime example of that is um, even with conversations that I have with my homegirl, Ebony, we're both two headstrong individuals and being fire signs, we're always quick to respond with that fiery energy. And I do think sometimes when I'm communicating something, I think on her end, it can be misunderstood and just how sometimes there may be things that she says that I may misunderstand. So I've gotten in the habit of making sure that I'm, when we do text, that I send voice notes because I know how the tone of voice can be misconstrued via text message. So that is why I make it my mission to send voice notes because I want her to understand that when I'm whatever whatever it is that I'm saying to you isn't a personal attack, just as I am also able to understand that from her end as well. So there may be times where I go back and I will reread a text message a couple times just to understand her tone of voice and what it is that she's trying to convey to me. So that way I don't take it to heart or misunderstand the message that is coming behind that. Because we always want to make sure that we're being understood. We always want to make sure that we're being receptive of how other people communicate with us. And so that's what I have been making sure that I'm doing even now. And um, my current situation where, you know, I'm, I'm staying with a friend of mine and being able to understand him a little bit more. And, you know, especially from a guy's perspective and even through his healing journey, understanding him and where he's coming from, me realizing that my journey is my journey and that not everyone is going to do things as I do, just as I don't do things as everyone else does. They have to have that understanding with me just as I have to have that understanding of them. So even with understanding my aggressive communication and how it comes across, it's allowed me to step back and really think about where a lot of it came from. And it came from my childhood, watching how other people modeled their communication styles, how they interacted with other people, and then me adapting to that, me taking that on, me thinking that that is okay. And that is the way that I'm supposed to communicate with people. But no, 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 no. No, that is not how we communicate with people. People want to be heard. People want to be understood. And so once we are able to 
honing on those skills for ourselves, that is when we are able to have better interpersonal relationships with others. So what's the difference between aggressive and assertive communication? Um, So with applying assertive communication, you reflect equally and with respect. You're respecting the viewpoint of yourself and someone else. So you're actually sitting and you're listening, you're taking in what it is they have to say, and you're providing a respectful response while also respecting what it is that they have to say. And with aggressiveness, you just, you only respect your own point of view and what it is that you have to say, not taking into, um, you're not, you're not understanding what the other person is saying. So you're automatically taking what it is that they say as a personal attack. And for me, that was, that was me on a lot of levels. I was very, very quick to respond as if I was being personally attacked. And a lot of times that wasn't even the case. So aggression, uh, if I can talk, <laughs> aggression results from too much negative emotion and is a hostile attack against someone else. And for me, I feel like that's that's where passive-aggressive communication comes in. And I have been a big user. Oh, I'm not even going to say a user. I, I do recognize a lot of times where I have been passive-aggressive in all relationships, whether it was a romantic relationship, whether it was in my family or even with friends, because a lot of the passive-aggressive behavior that I learned, honestly, was from my mother. It was from my mother because she can be and is very passive-aggressive, very passive-aggressive. And that was modeled to me because I did not know how to communicate my feelings the correct way without making someone feel insignificant, I guess, because that's how I've been made to feel. So with passive aggressive, you know, comes the sulking, comes the backhanded compliments, procrastination, withdrawal, refusal to communicate. And it's pretty much like, you know, giving someone the silent treatment. That is so unnecessary when we could easily just communicate what it is that we have to say. Now, I've been the giver, you know, of being passive aggressive as well as being on the receiving end of it. So I pretty much just read myself when it comes to being passive aggressive. It has definitely been something that's taken a toll on a lot of relationships that I've had, especially when it comes to friendships, because I never felt like I would I did anything wrong or, you know, like if there was a disagreement between myself and another friend, I would never push myself to be the first one to apologize because I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. And then even with my responses, it's like I would be little, oh my God, I was such a narcissist. It's crazy. I was such a narcissist. I would, you know, gaslight people. I would make them like, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that didn't happen. But on the other end, it's like, I would want you to hear me. I would want you to hear what it is that I had to say and understand where I'm coming from. I want you to feel what I'm feeling. It's almost like, you know, I wanted you to respect what it was that I was saying and where I was coming from, but I couldn't even give you the common courtesy of giving that back to you. 
So that's pretty much how it was. Um, some characteristics of an aggressive communicator, um, they're very domineering. They can be condescending, sarcastic, um, and a op- they're very opportunistic. So it's like they'll find the opportunity for them to swoop in to be like the center of attention, so to speak, and, you know, try to pull the attention on them, even if the conversation didn't have anything to do with them. And, you know, making people feel small with being condescending. And trust me, someone who would be condescending at the drop of a dime, I could easily recognize when someone was being condescending to me. Excuse me. And no, I didn't like it. It's funny. We're so, we're, it's, it's easy for us to dish it out, but we can never receive it back, especially when we are in the wrong. And then when it comes to communication, you know, and thinking about past relationships, I definitely realized times where I, you know, people don't deserve to be treated the way that you treat them. And I definitely realized that. But with assertion, um, it's about being confident and standing up for yourself and your beliefs and with maintaining respect for other people. So with them, you're giving them the opportunity to speak their truth. You're giving them the opportunity to say how they feel without feeling like it's a burden on someone. And you're respecting their opinion because you're taking that time to understand where they're coming from because not everyone is always going to agree with you. So when it comes to being assertive in your communication, know that you have a right to say what it is that you have to say and no one can tell you otherwise. There are ways that we can improve our communication and that is why, you know, I felt like discussing assertive versus aggressive communication. I thought that that was important because a lot of times we do get put in a box and we're made to feel like, oh, well, you're being aggressive with how you're coming across. And for me, that's a trigger word because a lot of times I'm not always coming off as being aggressive. There are times when I'm just very passionate about what it is that I'm saying. And if that comes off a little strong, it's not that that's what the intent is. And it's not to make you feel like I'm, you know, I'm more than you or, or making you feel like you're less than but I want you to hear what it is that I have to say. So that is why I have taken the steps to understand and to make myself more aware of how I am coming across what I say, when I say it, and how I say it. Because there was a time where I was not able to even recognize that within myself, but I was able to recognize that within other people. So with having assertive communication, you know, you're being open and in expressing your wishes and your thoughts and your feelings. And you're also encouraging someone else to do the same. You're creating that safe space and you're allowing them to be vulnerable and transparent because a lot of times we don't get that. We don't get that opportunity to be vulnerable because of how we're made to feel with what we share, when we share it. And, you know, like I had mentioned earlier in the episode when, as women, we are coming to our male counterparts and we may express some grievances that we have. It's automatically shot down and we're made to feel like our voice doesn't matter or we're asking for too much or we're whining or we're complaining. 
And it belittles us. It belittles us as as a human race because that's all we want people to do is just to be a good fucking human being. And sometimes people can't do that. They can't give people the respect that they're requiring because I don't think that they even respect themselves. And that's just my opinion on it. Um, And also with, you know, having assertive communication, you're listening to the viewpoints and you're responding appropriately, whether you agree or you disagree, because you don't always have to agree with someone and you don't always have to disagree with people. I do think that people just intentionally disagree with other people just to get a rise out of them. But one thing that I have understood and have come to really, really recognize within myself is that not everyone is always going to agree with me and the things that I say or the things that I do, just as I'm not always going to agree with what someone else says or does. And that's where the mutual respect comes in because I'm respecting what you do and what you say and not pushing my opinions or values or my, you know, belief system onto you. I'm not pushing that on you, making you feel like what you say or do is wrong or that it doesn't matter. And it's also accepting responsibilities and being able to, you know, to delegate to others and do it respectfully. One of the things that I've come across, especially when it came to working in retail, um, you have different managers who do not know how to be effective leaders. They don't know how to communicate themselves and they think that coming off aggressively or communicating or dictating certain things to you in a certain tone of voice is going to make you do things a little bit quicker. But to me, it makes makes you look like an asshole because you're trying to push your, um, you're trying to project on your authority onto someone else when honestly, sis, do you believe it? Do you even believe what is coming out of your mouth or, you know, how you try to portray yourself to be? Do you believe that? Because chances are, I highly doubt that you, you do. I highly doubt that you do. So why is being assertive viewed in such a negative light? Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. A very, very good question. And I want you to ask yourself that too. But for me, what I've been able to understand with that is like, if it's not properly conveyed, then you're being rude. Like if you're not speaking in a nice, dainty tone of voice, when you're coming to communicate your needs to someone, if it's not if your tone of voice isn't like this, then you're viewed as a bitch. Well, fuck that. You're going to hear what I have to say. And yeah, I'm going to be mindful of my tone. But like I said earlier, whether it's spoken professionally or whether I'm speaking to you ratchetly, either way, you heard what the fuck I said. You heard me. You heard what I said. And it can also be looked at as being overconfident. You stand assertively with what it is that you say with your chest stuck out, your head held high. You are going to be looked at like you were being cocky or overconfident. And to me, that's not fair because someone who is very sure of themselves and is able to stand up for themselves should not be made to feel like they are being overly confident. And who are you to tell me that I'm, that's how it is. Fuck you. And then having someone to tell you that you're arrogant because you're standing up for yourself. 
<laughs> Fuck you, respectively. Okay? No one's ever going to be able to tell you how you should talk. That should always come come from the inner work that you do. Now, of course, you are going to receive feedback from other people. Hey, I don't like how you spoke to me. And then that is up to you for you to change how you talk to people. That's up to you. No one else should be able to dictate dictate that for you at all, like ever. So now we're going to get into how you can be assertive without being aggressive. It's possible, but sometimes you just have to check a bitch and you have to let them know I'm not to be fucked with. Okay. <laughs> but first, I I really do want you to know that you have a voice. You have a voice. No matter how someone makes you feel, you have the right to express how you feel. But continue to help with your healing. Allow it to continue to help you with your healing. Allow it to continue to help you with your healing. And I said that more than once for a reason, because I want you to really, really meditate on those words. Allow it to continue to help you with healing. Because ultimately, over time, that is what we are learning to do. We're learning to speak up for ourselves. We're learning to have that voice because there were lots of times where we did not. So with learning to be more assertive, and that also comes with setting boundaries. Having that assertiveness comes with setting boundaries and being able to commute those, communicate those needs when they need to be communicated. So the first thing that you can do um, when it comes to being more assertive without being aggressive is being clear. Be very clear and ask for what you want and be able to express your feelings clearly without being disrespectful. So um, I know for me, when it came to me personally disclosing, you know, certain things about myself, I would a lot of times get some backlash because of that. Like, oh, you overshare or you tell too much of your business. A lot. It comes from the fact that I did not get the opportunity to, you know, speak my mind or talk or not. Let me let me rephrase that. It's not that I didn't get the opportunity to talk. It's just that I did not get the opportunity to share my feelings the way that I had hoped to. So now I do find that there's times where I will overly share certain information. Not so much that it's a cry out for help, but it's just sometimes you just want to be heard. But I am very discerning in who and when I disclose that type of information because not everyone is going to be receptive to that. That is one key thing that I have been able to take away from that. Another thing that you want to make sure that you do is you're making eye contact. Uh, Not to say that if you're not giving eye contact that that makes you a little shifty, but you want to make sure that um, you're able to even if, and no one's asking you to sit there and give someone a death stare, but it is going to be hard for people who have experienced trauma in the past, um, whether it's, you know, 
trigger warning if it's sexual abuse or domestic abuse it's going to be hard for you to maintain eye contact and even when it comes to your cultural upbringing a lot of times making eye contact with someone can be viewed as disrespect so we have to be mindful of you know other people's beliefs and um their cultural their cultural value systems because making eye contact with someone, it can be uncomfortable. And I know even speaking for me, it took a while for me to look someone in the eye and feel like I could actually trust them with what it is that I had to say, because you have people that will make you feel uncomfortable, but then you have those that are very open and welcoming. The third thing is you want to keep your posture positive. So if you, you know, you're going up to someone and you want to tell them how you feel about something or if it's something that they've done that may have upset you, excuse me, don't slouch, stand up straight, stand with your chest out, your head high. And you know, that's where giving that eye contact comes in, speaking clearly, you know, even if you practice what you say beforehand, do that. So that way you can assertively communicate your needs and not feel like you don't have a voice because you do do your homework. Um, and for me, that means exploring where a lot of these feelings are coming from, why I feel the way that I do. Um, what is, what is something that triggered it? Why do I feel this way? And it's like, I'll constantly like ask myself and especially like with how I've been triggered we're doing a lot of the shadow work over this past week. I really sat and really questioned why I would feel the way that I felt. And for me, sometimes it takes a couple of hours for me to be able to process why these feelings are coming from where they're coming from and where they're coming from. It, it takes a minute for me to do so because this is new to me. This is not something that I've been able to develop over time. I mean, overnight, this healing journey is something that has allowed me to continuously understand things that are going to come up for me. I'm going to be triggered. I'm going to be triggered. There's no way around that. But now I have a better understanding of why the feelings come up when they do. And so for me, allowing myself to sit back and ask the whys when I feel the way that I do, it helps me to be able to communicate my needs a little bit better because then I'm not responding off of emotion. I'm not responding just off because of the fact that I'm angry. I'm not having that aggressive communication. I'm able to then assert myself and put myself in a situation to be like, hey, so this is why I felt the way that I felt. This is why I was triggered. I understand where this is coming from now. The fifth thing, um, take a time out. If you're that angry, you're going to have to collect yourself and understand where, again, where a lot of these comments are coming from because you don't want to find yourself in an unwanted argument. Because a lot of times when someone does not understand where you're coming from and what it is that you're trying to say, you're automatically viewed as being disrespectful. And for me, I would do that. And like, if you didn't agree with what I had to say, I would look at it as you being disrespectful. You're not respecting me and what it is that I have to say. But was I even giving you that opportunity? No, I was not. So it's going to be a time where you are going to be triggered. You are going to be angry. 
but it's up to you on taking that time out to make sure that one, you're not being disrespectful when someone does not agree with what it is you have to say, or they're making you aware of something that you've done to them and vice versa. Number six, avoid accusing. It's so easy that we can accuse someone um, when we're communicating to them that does come off quite aggressive because it's like it's finger pointing. Instead of you taking responsibility for what it is that you may have done or brought to this particular situation, you're automatically placing the blame on someone else. So use I statements, use I feel statements. And I used a lot of those and helped a lot of the kids that I worked with when I did therapeutic day treatment. It was very helpful because it allowed them to put a name to their emotion whatever it was that they're feeling and to be able to understand how they can communicate that differently. Because a lot of times the only thing that they knew was anger and acting out of aggression or, um, you know, being destructive. So a lot of the times what I would do is I would practice with them using I feel statements. And in hindsight, it helped me because there were times where I could not put a label on the emotion that I was feeling. So with modeling that for them, it was also a teaching tool for myself. And number seven, keep your cool. You're going to get angry and you don't have to let what they're projecting onto you make you reactive. And I know for me, being reactive was the only way that I knew how to get across what I felt. Being reactive instead of being responsive, instead of sitting back and taking in the time to understand what someone was saying to me because what they had to say did matter. Even if it did come across in a way that made me feel some kind of way, I had to take into account, okay, well, they feel like this because something triggered them. Something made them feel this way. So then it's up to us to be able to come to a solution and a better understanding of one another. So that way, in the event of something like this happens later on down the line, we are able to come to some understanding and we know, okay, you don't like this. You don't like when I say or do this and vice versa. So with now understanding how to be more assertive without coming across as being aggressive, um, knowing that I wasn't communicating in the best of ways. I mean, even, even how I, I've been correcting myself, how I've been able to look at it from, from both sides because I've been on both sides. I've been on the receiving end of you know, an aggressive communicator. And I've also been the aggressive communicator. But one thing that I have been able to take away from it all is that everyone wants to be heard at the end of the day. Everyone needs to be heard at the end of the day. And the more we're able to come to an agreement with how we can speak to each other properly, the better relationships that we are going to be able to have with other people and mainly with ourselves, because that's where it all starts, right? That's where it all starts. So I want to thank you for tapping into today's episode as we were able to explore aggressive versus assertive communication, knowing that you too have a voice, knowing that you are able to communicate your needs when you're able to, and do not let anyone project onto you what they're feeling because that is exactly what it is, what they're feeling, not what you're feeling. So with that being said, I want you to take on this week with all the power that you have, be able to assertively communicate your needs when you feel like you are not being heard, utilize these steps, be clear about what you have to say, 
Take a time out. Avoid accusing. Use those I statements. Communicate what your needs are in a way that will make it so that you're able to receive the guidance and the support and the assistance that you need. I thank you for continuously showing up for me as I show up for you. And I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope that you are able to take away some key points that will help you to understand how you can be more assertive in your communication. Again, thank you for the follows, the shares, the likes and reviews. Thank you for the feedback that I continue to receive. And do not forget that you can become a monthly subscriber. You can become a monthly subscriber. Um, If you are on the home site for the podcast, which is on Anchor, you can subscribe monthly. And there are different tiers. It's $0.99, cents, $4.99, and $9.99. And you can subscribe monthly. And all the money goes towards keeping this podcast up and going as we continue to plant seeds for our healing and growing. And again, I do thank you for stopping by and continuing to, to show up for yourself for you to plant those seeds in your own garden so that you can continue to heal and recognize that you are an amazing person, true and through. So I'm going to go ahead and slide on out of here, but I do want you to make sure that you tap in again this week for Affirm With Intention. Keep your eyes open for the Harvest Talk. I will make a post um, figuring out when when we're going to do that room, but I hope to see you on the next episode. All right, guys, happy harvesting. Thank you for taking this journey with me today. Remember, the seeds you've planted today will harvest your healing and loving yourself more and more each day. Happy harvesting.